Today we start week three of our Advent series talking about joy. Uh, First week we talked about hope. Last week we talked about faith. This week we get to joy. And for some of us, maybe you've been a part of the Advent um, discussion or process in years past in the church, and this is not something new to you. But for some of you, like, even though you grew up in church, your church necessarily didn't talk about Advent and talk about what it really means. And so for Advent, you need to understand, if you're new to understanding Advent, the Advent, the word Advent means arrival. And it's about preparing for the arrival of Jesus and preparing not only for the arrival of Jesus and his birth, but the reality that uh, not only was he born 2,000 years ago, you may say, well, he already arrived. Why do we need to go through that process again? When we go through the process of preparing for Jesus' arrival every single year, uh, somehow the Spirit moves in us um, the reality of experiencing Jesus in a real way. When we prepare as if Jesus is coming and that he is here, um, it it allows Christmas to be not something that's just mundane and every single year we just like, oh, we checked the box, you did Christmas. But no, we're seeking to actually experience Jesus in a real way because Jesus is coming and he is here and he's alive and he's active even today. Uh, What I've learned over the last 48 hours is a lot of reminders. A lot of reminders about hope a lot of reminders about faith, a lot of reminders about joy. And some of you are aware of what's going on in my own family. Some of you don't know, but for those of you guys that don't know, my son uh, was very sick this week. In fact, his appendix burst on Friday. And so he's been in the hospital since then. And um, I just want to say, like, your guys' love and support and your prayers, like, they've been amazing. So thank you for that. And uh, St. Luke's Hospital has been absolutely amazing through that process as well. And um, one of the things that I was reminded is that we are an on-demand people, that we want things now. We want results now. And I was reminded of that this week as uh, I was spending time with Theo yesterday, and we're sitting there in his bed, and we've got cable TV And I introduced him to something that I did a lot as a child, but was new for him. It's called channel surfing. Anybody remember channel surfing? He's like, Dad, what are you doing? Why do you keep changing the channel? I said, because I'm trying to find something good for you to watch. And we finally settled on Toy Story. And there was a Toy Story marathon going on. And as we're watching Toy Story, there's also another thing that I got to introduce him to that I didn't realize. As we're sitting there watching and I'm doing text messaging work, different stuff that I'm working on, he goes, Dad, what's happening? And I said, I don't, what do you mean? He's like, what is this? And I look up and it's a commercial. And I said, that's a commercial, son. <laughs> and he's like, what's a commercial? And I'm like, it's, it's an advertise. It was hard to explain to a six-year-old in regards to like what was happening. But for him, at the end of it, he goes, I don't really like commercials. I go, son, nobody likes commercials. <laughs> it's just how this works. But it reminded me again that we want what we want right now in an on-demand society an on-demand culture the internet has changed growing up if i had to do a paper i had to go to the library to get an encyclopedia to actually learn about things and then write a paper now i just pull up my phone and can write a paper right that's how we are and what happens a lot of times if we're not if we're not able to kind of reflect on this when we live with an on-demand 
society, what can often happen is, unless I get what I want right now, I'm not happy. Unless I get what I want right now, I'm not happy. And the reality is, is um, that's true, but the Bible actually calls us to something much, much greater than just our happiness. The Bible actually calls us to something that the Bible calls joy. Everybody say joy this morning. But, but understanding joy requires me to go through a process. It requires me to actually hold on to things much, much greater than just my circumstance, my situation. It requires me to actually lean in to something much, much better. But it's definitely not on demand. It's definitely not quick results. It requires hope and it requires faith. What we're going to see today is the story of Mary, where we introduced Mary and Joseph a little bit last week, but we're going to look at Mary about how she went through the process of choosing joy in the midst of a really, really difficult situation. What does that process look like? If you turn to Luke chapter 1, this is the process, and we read part of this passage last week, but we're going to look at it again. It says in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. And she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And Gabriel appealed to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, I don't have time to get into this. I talked about it a lot last week. Mary's situation was an extremely tough situation. To be told that she is pregnant by the Holy Spirit in the midst of being engaged to her husband, Joseph, I mean, I don't know about you, you've never heard that story happen before, right? So there would have been rumors, there would have been things being said, she would have been shamed. She, there would have been a temptation for Joseph to completely cast her out and really to move her to the outside of the community and her family would have joined in the shaming process. But ultimately, Joseph chooses to stick with her because of an angel saying, no, this is true. She has been impregnated by the Holy Spirit. An intense situation. But it says here that greetings, favored woman. The angel says, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Verse 30, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. What does choosing joy look like? What is the process of of experiencing joy and holding on to joy, which is different than happiness? What is different than our circumstance? We have to understand that choosing joy is deciding not to let the emotion of fear and worry rule or drive you. And notice the angel says to Mary, don't be afraid. You're a favored woman. And in this moment, it's normal to be afraid. We know what it's like when angels appear in Scripture. It's not a cuddly situation. It's a fearful situation. But the angel arrives and says, don't be afraid, Mary. And even in the midst of of you being pregnant, in the midst of society that would have shamed you, don't be afraid. 
And what we see through the process is that Mary chooses not to live in fear. Mary chooses not to allow worry to rule her, but instead she chooses something greater. What is that? Verse 34, Mary asks the angel, how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and you will be called the son of God and he will be called the son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. This is key, verse 37. For the word of God will never, what's it say up there? Fail. Fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Choosing joy is not just about not allowing your, your emotion of worry or fear to rule you, but it's also deciding to trust the words of Scripture, even during difficulty, even during hardship, even during those moments where we talked about last week, where walking out faith a lot of times is very, very, very difficult. Not only is it difficult for Mary and Joseph to walk out faith in this culture, in this society, in the situation, circumstance that they have, but in addition to that, when it comes to Zachariah and Elizabeth, we talked about what it meant for them to be barren in a society that believed they did something wrong. God's mad at you. And for them to walk out faith. Choosing joy is choosing to believe that the word of God will never fail. Verse 39, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived, and she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me Verse 44, when I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. What caused this baby to leap with joy? It was hearing the voice of Mary. It was Mary entering into the room, and not only Mary entering into the room, but Mary entering the room from the, from the place of I'm trusting God's word. I'm trusting what he's going to do. I'm going to trust that even though my life may have been difficult and I'm in a difficult situation, I can look back and live in hope and in faith to the future and then live out joy because of knowing that God's going to fulfill what he said. And it's John the Baptist that leaps for joy. Happiness is often built on our circumstance. What I want right now, what makes me happy now but joy is rooted in believing the truth of who Jesus is and what he actually says, which enables me to look into the future, to walk into the future with joy, with my life, even when my circumstances are really, really tough. Just like Mary and Joseph walked with hope and faith, and now we're seeing joy in their situation it reminds me of Psalm 1611 when we realize that Jesus, the Lord, is what brings us joy. His word and who he is and who he says he is. Psalm 1611, you will show me the way of life, granting me joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you 
forever. For all of us, it, it requires us to actually really believe that. Do we actually believe that Jesus and his words, that he's going to actually fulfill what he says, and that I, that we can actually walk with joy, no matter situation that we, we find ourselves in, no matter circumstance we find ourselves. Choosing joy, it's actually a habit. Choosing joy is actually a habit. It's, it's a muscle that requires us to keep working it. And, and if that's true, that joy is a habit, then not having joy is actually a habit too. And sometimes we're really good at not choosing joy. We've been convinced by the world and by the lies that the enemy tells us that we can't actually experience joy. But joy is actually a habit, and it requires us to turn our attention towards Jesus over and over and over again. I feel this way. We need to acknowledge how we feel. Feelings aren't bad, but we need to acknowledge how we feel, but we have to be willing to then choose to turn that over to Jesus and choose to turn that over to Jesus and trusting that what he says is actually true. I was reminded this last week in the midst of of all that's gone on early in the week, there's this moment where my kids brought me extreme joy. And the reason why my kids brought me extreme joy is because we got caught up on the Advent, talked about how I was behind last week, who got caught up this week. And as we were getting caught up, we sat in the living room, the TV off, our Bibles open, reading through Luke chapter one. And as we were reading through Luke chapter one, there was this one night where it asked the question, what is a perfect Christmas? What's that? If you could think of a perfect Christmas, what would that be? And I got to sit and listen to all my kids talk about perfect Christmas. Now, I was expecting normal Christmas answers, right? Like, what would you think about the normal Christmas answers of what they would be? What would you think? What would the perfect Christmas would be what? I want to hear from you. Gifts. Exactly. Gifts. Uh, what can I get? What can I receive? And, and I was just blown away by the joy that my kids displayed as they lit up and talked about Christmas. And they didn't talk about gifts. They talked about family. Talked about lots of snow. They talked about spending time in the snow and God's creation. They talked about, my one son said, you know, just our family together and loving each other. And the peace that they, they talked about, talked about uh, caring for one another. They talked about being joyful with one another. And I sat there, uh, they also talked about eating lots of food. I can't forget about that, right? I gotta have that. <laughs> but I sat there in awe of my kids. In awe of my kids because they love Jesus and they understand Christmas, what it's supposed to be all about. And at the core of that, what that is, is my heart what was my heart leaned towards? Oh, they're going to talk about presents. What was my heart leaned towards? It wasn't actually choosing joy. It was like, oh, they're going to talk about this. No, but my kids helped direct my heart back to Jesus. That that's where real joy comes from. That these things that we experience during Christmas, it's rooted in him. It's rooted in his word. It's choosing to trust him. And for those of you that are in the room, that you guys are the glass half empty people. We got any of those glass half empty people? It's okay to be honest. It's all right. We won't judge you, shame you if you're glass half empty. Okay, I see you. All right, glass half empty. You might be thinking, hey, this is just, you got a think positively message. It's not a think positive message. This is not a message about thinking positive. This is, this is a message that's, mind, body, soul, spirit, everything of our being, we're turning over to Jesus. We're turning over to his words. We're turning over to his truth. It's deciding 
that his words are gonna rule my life and that I can actually choose joy in the midst of whatever's happening around me because I know that Jesus is gonna be truthful to his word. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are what brings us joy and helps us overcome our circumstances when we walk faithfully, when we walk faithfully. But not only is that true, here's the thing that I've noticed in my life over and over and over again. I just talked about it. When you choose joy during difficulty, you actually impact, impact those around you. You realize that. That when you choose joy as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, as you walk through life circumstances, you begin to impact those around you. And Jesus is inviting you to bring joy into our world by how you live with hope and faith. People ask you when you walk with joy in the midst of circumstances you face. When you walk faithfully, they ask the question, how are you so joyful in the midst of what you're and the only answer is one thing. It's Jesus. It's his words. It's the truth that I believe that he will, he will follow through on what he says he will do. Just as Mary, in her difficult situation, is walking faithfully and experiencing joy, and other people are experiencing joy because she's choosing to trust that God's word will remain true. When you serve in the church, do you do it with joy? When you enter into your house after a long day of work that's been really difficult, do you enter in with joy? Men, fathers, husbands, do you enter in with joy? Does your family see joy in you when, when the Zoom call was tough? <laughs> after Zoom call, after Zoom call, do you enter in with joy? When you see your community and you see people struggling, do you think, how can I bring joy into my community today? When you enter into work, do you think, how can I bring joy in work today? Do you think about how you enter into the places that you enter in? And do you realize that just by choosing joy, you're actually doing something pretty profound. You're actually bringing light into a dark, dark situation. I love this time of year. Uh, my wife and I got to go on a date night on Wednesday night, and it was amazing just to drive around and look at Christmas lights, right? Because it's, it's pretty, it's fun, it's joyful, it's all those different things, right? Anybody like watching, seeing Christmas lights, right? Just, oh, that's pretty. But I want you to realize this analogy that when you actually choose to enter into your community, when you choose to enter into your environments and choose to trust Jesus, his word, and therefore live out joy, it's like a light shining in darkness, you guys. Have you ever been around someone that walks in a room that's full of joy? It lights up the room, doesn't it? It lights up the room. And some of my greatest friends are people that I have watched walk through difficult circumstances, walk through cancer, and they do it with joy. Why? Because they trust Jesus. They trust his words. They trust what it is that he's actually um, doing in their life. It's not fixing people who are struggling with fear and worry. Instead, it's modeling joy and displaying joy and being a joyful person. And so this Christmas, what I'm inviting you guys into is are you a joy-filled person? And if not, 
Where is Jesus' hope in your life? Where is his words in your life? And are you willing to reflect and go, man, am I actually trusting Jesus in the midst of the circumstances that I'm walking through? And some things I want you to chew on this week when it comes to joy. A um, couple things. First one is this. is Every day this week, would you be willing to journal about what you can be thankful for? Every single day, journaling, what am I thankful for today? No matter what you're going through, choosing gratitude. One of the things that happens when you choose joy is you become a grateful person. You begin to realize, man, even though I'm dealing with a lot of hard things, I can be thankful for this one thing. I can be thankful that God did this, that God is doing this. Would you be willing every day to choose one thing? I'm thankful, Lord, for this. Number two, spend time this week as a family or with a friend and dialogue about one thing you are trusting Jesus for this Christmas. I know that every single one of you, there's something that is heavy that you're probably having to navigate right now. Um, and sometimes during Thanksgiving and Christmas, things get ramped up when it comes to family, and there's tensions, and there's conflict, and there's things you've got to navigate. Would you be willing to sit down with someone in your home group, in your men's group, someone that you're in, in relationship, family, and say, here's one thing I'm learning to trust Jesus with this Christmas, and that I'm going to put a stake in the ground, and I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose to trust Jesus in his word over and over and over again. Number three, would you be willing to connect with someone you know who is struggling with worry and fear and just write a note of encouragement? Would you be willing to say, I see you in the midst of the difficulty that you're navigating and I see you and I, I want to let you know I'm praying for you and I'm here for you and praying joy over your life. What would it look like this Christmas to say, you know what? life is tough but I'm not going to allow my circumstance to dictate how I live my walk out with Jesus I'm going to stay true to his word I'm going to trust him I'm going to choose joy and I'm going to walk into every single situation believing that Jesus will fulfill his promises and we see from Mary she did that she did that and she brought joy into a world that oftentimes uh, there had to have been people that go, I don't understand what you're doing. I don't understand your story. Like this, your story is crazy, Mary. And she probably said, I know, but I'm trusting Jesus. And guess what? 2,000 years later, we get to do the same exact thing. We get to choose joy and people go, I don't understand. And you go, yeah, I don't understand it all either but I'm trusting. I'm trusting that Jesus is gonna do what he said he will do in this life or in the life to come. And so this morning, I wanna invite you as we get ready for communion to just pray about your heart. Pray about where you're at and ask the question, are you a joy-filled person? And if not, why not? What is Jesus inviting you into? to actually live a life full of joy as we get ready for the arrival of our King Jesus. And maybe you know someone, maybe you're like, man, I, I feel like I am doing well in this area. Who is someone you know that is struggling? And what would it look like for you to begin the process of entering into a room, entering into a relationship, entering into a situation saying, I'm gonna bring joy this Christmas. 
Let's get ready to spend time with Jesus in communion.